Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Chiropractic. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Freeman. I've been in practice for over 30 years, and I continue to work in a million-dollar practice that I built, ran, and sold. I've taught, lectured, and coached our profession, and helped so many chiropractors build the practice and the life of their dreams. And now, I want to help you do the same. So here's today's show. We're going to spend time today talking about what I believe is potentially the most important visit that you ever have with a patient in your office. The visit is what we typically call the report of findings. The report of findings visit is so important because you're laying down for the patient all of the user rules and interactions of how to best work with your office and what it is you're going to be providing to them and what they should expect from your office as they continue through care and with your office, hopefully as a lifetime wellness patient. So first let's talk about when we're doing the report of findings. I absolutely believe as a practitioner of 30 plus years, as a past president of the State Licensing Association, as a past president of an alumni association of my chiropractic college, and as a past president of a state licensing board. If you adjust a patient without doing a report of findings, I believe you have committed malpractice. You have to tell them what you're going to do. You can't just say, okay, go ahead and lay down on the table. So when should the report of findings be done? I truly believe that in the vast majority of cases, especially if the person has never been to a chiropractor before, that the report of finding visit needs to be not at the same time as the initial consultation and examination. I believe you need to send the person home with some instructions of things they can do to start helping themselves. For example, ice the area, heat the area, gently stretch the area, something to help reduce the inflammation to give them some relief and invite them to come back at a later time to go over the test results and explain what it is we're going to be doing. If you happen to see the patient in the morning and during your morning office hours, it's just fine to have the person come back after lunch to go over the test results and begin care. I think one of the worst things that we ever do is do an exam, do the report of findings, do one adjustment, and send them home on a Friday if you don't have Saturday or Sunday office hours. A lot of doctors will say things like, oh, well, the patient said, you mean I'm not going to get treated today? And what I recommend you say to the patient is, I'm not going to do anything with your spine and your nerve system until I know everything. And I think anybody who is willing to adjust you without really taking time to go over and understand all the results and review all of the imaging that's been done is not providing proper care. So as you finish doing the examination, you can finish up by saying something like, okay, so what we've done today is taken your complete history done a combination of orthopedic, chiropractic, and neurologic tests, and done a series of computerized nerve tests and or the necessary x-rays. 
So why don't you follow me back up to the front desk and we'll get set up for a visit that we call the report of findings so I can go over all of these test results with you and explain how we're going to work together to get you better as fast as possible. Does that make sense? And the person always says yes. If you gown for the examination, and I believe you should to do a proper examination, then obviously have the person get redressed at the appropriate time. They follow you back up to the front desk and you say to your front desk, Mary, can you please schedule Sue for a report of findings visit? Make sure we do that either later today or tomorrow or tomorrow or the next day. Two choices. And Mary, make sure that I have plenty of time in my schedule to answer all of her questions because I want her to really understand what's going on with her health. And then you walk away. But that's how you close out the examination. We need to spend our time focusing in on this incredibly important report of findings. So on that next visit, when the person comes back in the office, they're escorted back to your office, the report of findings room. They're seated. And while that's going on, you take a minute to get into state, to get into your report of findings mindset. You take time to review those tests again, to review those x-rays again. And what you're going to tell this person, we'll call her Sue, about her health and how you're going to help her. So then you walk in and say, hi, Sue, it's great to see you again. Hey, did you use the ice last night the way we had discussed? And she says yes or no, and then you can congratulate her for following that or ask her why she did not. And then when you're seated at the desk, I prefer a knee-to-knee -knee as opposed to across the desk. You can say, I have good news. I know exactly what's wrong with you, and I know what we need to do to get you better. Where I want to start today is explaining how your body is supposed to work. And I take out a blank sheet of paper, and at the very top, I write the word brain, and I say, so all the information that controls your body starts it up in the brain, and I circle that. And I draw an arrow down and I say, and that information is transmitted by a series of nerves to all the different parts of the body. And I circle that and draw an arrow back up and continue by saying, and then that information is transmitted from the body back up to the brain so it knows what's going on. And everybody always says yes. And then you should continue with, but what's happening in your case, the bones of the spine have shifted out of their normal position to the point that they're pinching and irritating on the different nerves. When that happens, that's called a subluxation, and I write that out. When those bones shift and pinch on the nerves and cause that subluxation, everything that's associated with the bone and the nerve begins to malfunction. And under the word subluxation, you've written the word malfunction. And continue by saying, so the muscle tone changes, the ligaments get stretched out, and the discs and the joints begin to rub and grind. That rubbing and grinding leads to degeneration. So the degeneration is like rust on your car. It doesn't turn into a hunk of junk overnight, but it's a process that happens over time. And then I pause, and I want you to pause, and say everything we've just discussed happens silently. But when the pressure on that nerve reaches a certain critical point, and that's called the pain threshold, that's when you start to notice the pain and symptoms, and that's what brought you in to see us. When people take different medications, aspirin, Motrin, ibuprofen, Tylenol, Advil, all of those things work to give temporary pain relief. They don't actually fix the problem. What we do in chiropractic is we actually go back to the subluxation to work to get the pressure off the nerve. And as we do that, the pain starts to go away.
as we get the pain to go away, then we can go through a process of correction and strengthening and stabilization to make sure it stays that way. Does that make sense? And they always say yes. The next part of the report of finding is you're going to take the spine and you're going to say to the person, okay, so I'm holding the spine just the way I'm sitting. You're looking at the front, I'm looking at the back. As you know, the brain sits up top. Coming off of the brain is the spinal cord, and that runs all the way down inside the spine from the neck all the way down into the lower back. And at each point, you can see a nerve comes out in between those bones. When the bones shift and that nerve starts to get pinched and irritated, that's what causes the tissues to begin to malfunction. When it shifts further, that's when the pain strikes. Does that make sense? And they always say yes. And then go through and explain a little bit more about the anatomy. So the nerves up in the top of the neck come off and they go back up onto the head. So when those nerves get severely pinched and irritated, people see things like headaches, dizziness, even sinus problems. When the nerves in the middle and lower part of the neck get pinched and irritated, you feel things like neck pain or numbness, tingling, or weakness down into the arms. Through the upper part of the back, the nerves go to the different muscles of the back, as well as the organs internally, heart, lung, stomach. And down in the lower back, those nerves go to some of the lower organs, the muscles of the back, across the buttocks, and all the way down the legs and into the feet. Does that make sense? And again, they always say yes. Because the spine is set up a lot like the circuit box in your house. Each one of those wires goes somewhere specific. So when that wire gets irritated or disrupted, that's why it can't work properly. And then depending on the person's individual problem, explain what you saw in the examination. So if it's a cervical issue, you can go through and explain how the uh, cervical apophyseal joints are not moving and working the way they should be, causing the jamming pain that they feel. Or if it's a lower back issue, it's a problem with the facet joints or the disc or the sacroiliac joints that, that are the primary shock absorbers down for the bottom part of the body like that. And explain how you'll use a series of adjustments to take them through relief, correction, strengthening, and maintenance care. I like a script something like this. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to work very hard to get you out of pain as quickly as possible. As soon as we've got that pain subsided, we can begin the correction process to actually correct the underlying problem. If, a, if the person is in really good health, you can do the strengthening along with the correction. And once you've done the relief, the correction, the strengthening, then it's a simple enough matter of making sure we do a series of checkup visits to hold this wherever we've got it so the problem doesn't return. And to make sure you really stay healthy. You should also tell them that along the way you're going to do reevaluations to measure their progress. And I like to say, because I already know what you're going to tell me a month from now. You're going to say, oh my God, it's so much better than it was. It's not gone completely, but I can do A, B, and C. I can't do D, E, and F quite yet. And that's just fine because it's going to continue getting better as we go, go through relief, correction, strengthening, and into maintenance care. I also say, and I think you should, we're going to add specific exercises as we go. We call that rehabilitation. Some of the exercises we'll do here in the office and some we'll send you home to do. If you break a sweat doing these exercises, you're working way too hard because the purpose of these exercises, when we're talking about the spine, is to strengthen up the small muscles that help the bones of the spine move to their optimum position so the body can do the most work with the least force. And that makes sense to everybody. 
If you've taken x-rays or have images that you've gotten from another provider, take a few minutes and review them with the patient in general. Don't try and make them into a, a radiologist. Review the general anatomy. Show them the degenerative changes compared to what it should normally look like. You can show them the abnormal curves of the spine, what a normal lordosis should look like compared to what they're currently doing. You can show them the pelvic unleveling related to a sacroiliac dysfunction. But again, briefly, invite them to even take a picture of those films with their smartphones so they can have them for their own records if they'd like. And then sit back down with the patient if you've stepped away to look at those films and review with them what their care plan is going to look like. I absolutely believe with 30 plus years of experience and having served on licensing boards and state associations, as I've said before, that at minimum, the first two chiropractic adjustments should be back to back, one today and one tomorrow, not Friday and Monday, Monday and Tuesday, or Thursday and Friday, or Friday and Saturday, if you have Saturday visits. But to do one visit and send the person out the door, I think is a horrible disservice to the patient. And you don't know what's going on. So by doing these two visits back to back, you can see exactly how their body responds and continue help getting them better. For some patients, you may want to see them daily for one week. Or perhaps after that second adjustment, then switch them to a, a three-day-per-week schedule. What the truly successful chiropractors know is that to correct a spine, someone who has never been adjusted, it takes about 40 visits of chiropractic care on a three-day-per-week schedule spread out over several months, three or four months, in order to take that spine through relief, correction, and then get them into maintenance care. And when you dig into the research, that's what you find the course of care is necessary to work and recondition the soft tissues, the ligaments and tendons to respond properly and recreate a normal motion pattern for this person. We all know that chiropractic is great at getting rid of a headache or neck pain or back pain. And all I can do one or two adjustments and man, they feel great. That's true, but you haven't really corrected the problem. Again, I'm saying this with absolute certainty having worked with so many chiropractors and so many patients over so many decades of great chiropractic care. And I'll say it again. It's a course of about 40 visits, maybe it's 35, maybe it's 50, over three or four months to take them through relief, correction, and strengthening so they can then go into maintenance care. We all know approximately how many weeks it takes for a broken bone to heal. And great chiropractors know that's approximately how long it takes to get a spine to do what it needs to do. That's not cookbook and that's not overutilization. That's just how the human body works. Once you've done that, you can ask the person, do you have any other questions regarding your health, clinically what's going on? And they typically say no. Then sit with them and either you as the doctor can review the financials with them or I prefer to have your office manager come in and go through their insurance or the payment plans, whatever you offer in your office, and we'll talk about those things on a future episode. At that point, if the person has accepted care, then is the time to give them a tour of the office. They're gonna be coming in, they should feel at home, they should know where things are. Where should they hang up their coat in the cold weather? Where can they go to the bathroom? Where can they get a drink of water if they need to? At this point, you give them the casual tour of the office so they know where things are, so they can feel at home. 
I've known doctors over the years that want to give the person a tour of their office when they come in on their first visit, before the history, or right after the examination. No, that, that's not the time to do it. And once they've toured the office, then they're going to end up in your adjusting room. And they're typically seated on the table waiting for me to walk in. And I want you to say something like, okay, so we're going to go ahead and do your first adjustment. Was my office manager, Mary, able to answer all of your questions about insurance and payments? And they say, yes. Yeah, she's terrific. I really appreciate her. So what I want you to do is I want you to take everything out of your pockets that can poke you or break. Keys, coin, lighters, knives, anything that you have that could poke you or break. And they typically laugh with the knife comment. And then go ahead and lay face down with your nose right in the cradle up top. And they do. And then as I start to gently, uh, very gently massage their trapezius and their upper back muscles for just 10 or 15 seconds, use a script like, okay, so we're going to go ahead and do your first adjustment. As we do these adjustments, you may hear a popping or clicking noise. That is not the bones breaking. And they always laugh. That noise is actually the fluid shifting around inside the joints. And while you may hear it, it is not going to hurt. So go ahead and take a deep breath in, good, and go ahead and blow that out and do your thoracic adjustments. Assuming you're adjusting full spine, then go ahead and analyze the pelvis and explain, okay, go ahead and turn on your side, this side up, Adjust, do the adjustment, have them roll over to the other side if you adjust both sides. All right, and go ahead and lay flat on your back. Now, assuming you're adjusting the cervical spine, very gently palpate the cervical spine and say something like, okay, so when we adjust your neck, the neck adjustment even is even more gentle, but it might sound louder just because it's so much closer to, to your ears. Does that make sense? And they always say yes. Palpate, adjust, adjust. Place one hand gently under their neck and offer to give them a hand up. Okay, let me help you go ahead and sit up. And they sit back up. Okay. And that was your first adjustment. If we did any more than that today, you may feel like you were hit by a truck and I don't want that to happen. So we're going to follow up that adjustment with any ancillary services you may offer in your office with ice, with electric stimulation, with traction, or that was your first adjustment. Let's head up back to the front desk and we'll set you up for your time for tomorrow. Once the person is back at the front desk, I do not want you, the doctor, to be hanging around usurping the authority that your front desk person has. You need to disappear and let your front desk take care of what they need to. Getting the payment, getting the copay, and making sure that appointment is set up for tomorrow. Okay, so we're going to see you tomorrow at with the time and confirm that. Perfect. We'll see you tomorrow and the patient leaves. And then that evening, the doctor needs to do what's called the eye care call. So I'm a huge fan of calling the patient from your cell phone because in today's world, nobody's answering a phone of a phone number that they don't recognize. But you call them on your way home and leave a message that says something like, Hi Sue, this is Dr. Freeman. I was giving you a call because I always like to check in with my patients after their first adjustment, make sure things settled in the way that I expect, and answer any questions you may have. By the way, this is my personal cell phone. If you ever have any problems or questions with your health, you can always feel free to call me. And so few patients actually will ever bother you on your personal cell phone. They'll even say things like, oh, doc, I appreciate the call, but I would never call and bother you. And then you finish that call with, 
if everything's settled the way that I expect and you don't have any questions, I'll look forward to seeing you in the office tomorrow. Have a great evening. And hang up the phone. And then tomorrow, make sure that you mention that phone call. Make sure that they did get the message. Because what you're doing is you're cementing the relationship with the patient. So that's this second day visit, the report of findings, the most important visit with the patient. If you'd like to receive a written out version of what I recommend you draw out for your patient at the report of findings, go to the website for the love of chiropractic.com, contact us, and in the message section, leave a message that says report of findings diagram, please. And I'll make sure that gets sent out to you. All right. And that's our show for today. If you have a question about today's show, or your own practice, feel free to reach out at ForTheLoveOfChiropractic.com. Before making changes to your practice, be sure to seek legal advice regarding those changes and regulations in your state. For the Love of Chiropractic is an RGF production, all rights reserved. And thanks for listening. Original music provided by Hunter Rich Music.